It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around or standing or kneeling, I don't know, and talking about our personal experience in recovery. <laughs> My name is Mike. I'm Dennis. Hey, I'm Defective James. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today we'll be sharing our experience on being a dry drunk. Episode one twenty five of the Effective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Yeah, I I would say this one, if we're looking for a mascot, would be Dennis. Yeah, I'll take it. I I mean that nicely because that's true. (laughs) You were legitimately a dry drunk for a year before coming into the rooms. Yeah, yeah. All he ate was bananas (laughs) for for like a month or two. That is true. Which are pretty. I mean, it's they're pretty wet. So you were like a moist drunk. You know, I guess. I I was still drinking water too. So. I, I stayed hydrated. I just didn't say nutritionized. I guess I don't know what. And you still eat bananas, which is wild to me that you still will have a banana. A lot of people would be well, turned off by them. Yeah, I don't eat them nearly as much as I used to. Like yeah, I don't I buy them anymore because they all rot. But uh, I still like bananas. Like they're still good. I never like ate so many. I got sick. You know, I was sick because of all the other stuff, like the men- mental stuff and the alcoholism. I didn't associate that feeling with the bananas. So, right. Yeah, it's not good to blame the banana. It yeah. happens too much in society nowadays. It's bananas. True. Bananas are nature's candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's all the the prejudice on the movies and stuff where like you always see them and they show them like causing people to slip and hurting humans and stuff it's they get a bad rap they're not O'Doyle rules how <laughs> many people how many people slipped on a banana to in real life that a thing right? i doubt not any i bet like probably two plus two plus two plus two plus two eight that's ten <laughs> yeah yeah you missed you missed one you really are bad at math dennis <laughs> oh yeah you got me <laughs> uh how about the last seven days dennis you want to you want to get us started um, yeah. today's today's my my sponsor's birthday he's he turns eight years old today you wow. should bring him a cookie bring him a cookie a cookie he has to eat his dinner before he can get a cookie Two more years, and he'll know what to do with the marbles. There's marbles in his life. I thought the marbles was five years. You get them back, but ten, you know what to do with them. Oh, okay. That makes Sometimes. sense. Because I'm almost to five years, and I'm not close to knowing what to do with them. No. The uh, rest of my week was pretty good. I mean, I've been busy at mine and James's secret project. 
And we actually, a couple of days ago, had a little bit of exciting success with that secret project. So that was good. Um, it sucks that we can't really talk about it, but it was so So why cool. bring it Is, up? Are, are you Because ever? that's what's going on in my life. <laughs> I don't know, because, like... I'll let you in on a little secret. Don't tell oh, anyone, oh. everyone. Um, like, it's an online project, right? And we're doing it, like, anonymously, where me and James are represented by one brand, kind of. So we don't want to, like, destroy that anonymity in a public space. If that makes sense. Can I guess? I guess you already Can know, but we're, we told you off. Mike. <laughs> uh, okay, I won't. I won't ruin it. Well, I also got to hang out with uh, with Dan, uh, James T and a bunch of Motley Crew, including Dennis, on Saturday. So we had fun there. Yeah, uh, that's right. We went to breakfast and stuff at the hotel. Yeah, that was nice. I left a little early. Yeah. Boy, was I hungry that day. <laughs> oh, I bet. I'm glad you guys left before the food got there. Because that would have just been terrible. The food was good. They got Don't good rub food it in there. his face, Dennis. He just said he, he eats there all the time. He's <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we were supposed to go to a movie this weekend, mm. but but someone I backed failed. out at the last moment. I failed. So. I promise I won't keep doing that, but I'm two for two. Yeah. Oh, wait. I When was it? Yesterday or the day before, I hung out with James and went with him to do all of his errands. And so I was out of the bubble on, like, stores and stuff for, like, I don't know, most of the morning. And then went and sat in a restaurant and ate with Steve. So that was, like, a that was a big step, I guess. Was it? It didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> it wasn't bad. I didn't have really anxiety because you know I was still excited about our project, so that occupied my mind. But no, it was good. But I hadn't been, you know, we were gone from like morning to like well afternoon. I don't think I got home till like two o'clock. So it was like a. I don't do that that often. I got a new stuffed animal at the thrift store. An Eeyore. Another Eeyore. Well, an Eeyore. Well, weird. No, an Eeyore. Eeyore. Oh, you named the what eel Eeyore? Eeyore the eel. Say that five times. Oh. Thanks wow. for noticing me. <laughs> what you else did you do this week, James? Oh, to me now. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make it smooth, like it would have been such a smooth transition, and then you're like, you like messed it up. It's smooth as crunchy peanut butter. It's what I yeah. do. Um, I had Sunday Monday off, which is nice because I've been working a lot. Um, and I don't know. I I met with my pastor and his wife, and they're they're wonderful people. Um, they got me volunteering at the, the retirement home two Sundays out of February. So that'll be fun. Like doing what you were doing before the pandemic yeah, stuff? Just kind of running the service 
for the the church service for the retirees, the the old folks behind the scenes. And then um, they asked um, Talitha and I if we travel much, and we we're like, well, we we really just go visit, get the kids, and bring them up here. We don't travel much because we've got, you know, our our three little fur babies, and you know, if we were to to board them, it would be a small fortune. And um, they were like, well, you know, why don't you, whatever you plan a trip, let us know and, and board them and we'll cover the cost of the animals. And I was, I was like, wow, that's, that's very generous, you know? And um, so that was kind of cool. You know, I could do Imagine something. you go back and you're like, we've decided to change our life every weekend. That's the old, the old game. Like, Europe. <laughs> and, and it's funny because the old me would be like, oh, yeah, let me jump on that. But, you know, Talitha and I were like, that's very generous of them. I don't even know if we should take them up on it, you know, because I would I would once. I would once, yeah, in a, in like a good enough time, like two months or something, yeah. and let them know a month in advance because that way, if they wouldn't have said it out of the blue, unless they were right, willing to do it. I always hate, yeah, I mean, when people like, extend service that I don't take them up on it because God maybe put that in their heart. Yes, you know? that's true. We don't want to block their blessing, and um, you know they're. You know, two people that we both look up to um, very much. You know, they both have so much integrity. And they were, that's the pastor who married Talitha and I. And, you know, before I was even in the rooms, um, I met him because we worked together at the startup tech company. And he was kind of the chaplain for the, the office. And that's when I started like just asking about God. And he would just sit on my lunch break and just give me so much good information and um you know then you know a few months later i got sober and he moved up to celebration um and i were i moved up to celebration a month later and we like literally lived five minutes from each other so it was wow. just really cool and he said i'm starting a church um do you want to be part of it and i was like yeah and we did that for like i don't know two three years and then you know after a little bit of time t-bird and i were like yeah i don't know if i want to volunteer anymore because we kind of we missed the big church with the big band mm. and the worship and you know there's kind of just like i don't know it's there's just it's it wasn't for us like i think we put in our our three years and we wanted out <laughs> she's like okay and he was so nice he's like yeah wherever your heart is is telling you to go you know he wasn't like upset or anything he was just like yeah follow your heart and follow god's voice and so that's really cool you know when you have people in your life that are who are just they push you for success and and love it's really nice so you know um other than that everything's good my kids called me both yesterday so i gotta stop <laughs> i i I put they're on a group chat, right? With me and my two sons. And so one of them asked for a new Pokemon game. <laughs> and and I was like, I guess, sure, whatever. And so the other one's like, Oh, if he gets something, then I need this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Of equal or greater value. <laughs> yeah. So before it would just be one at a time. So I gotta get off that group chat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they 
I mean, they're probably, as you guys know, since the, the three of us were not only children. So what happens quite often is you, if you remember as a child, that's what it is, right? It's like, wait a minute. They, yeah. they got this. What do I get? I think that's, that's, it's a normal thing. It's just, yeah. um, yeah. Unless you said like only if, cause correct me if I'm wrong, James, your, your boys are at the age where they, it's not like you could be like, well, if you both will play it, like you could probably get away with that when they're younger to a certain point, but it's not like, Oh, you have to share this one thing and I'll only be, you know, <laughs> yeah. I try to do that with, uh, with Becky's boys all the time. And right now I know I can get away with it, but only another couple of years, you know, yeah. they definitely have their own systems, their own computers, their own games. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they share much of anything <laughs> anymore. They're like, this is mine. Don't touch it. Damn. <laughs> Fine. Which is, it's all good. But I did um, tell them that they, they need to clean their room thoroughly and help their mom however they can. And then I texted her this morning to let her know, you know, I got them some stuff and let them know what they can do to help you out. Oh, she's, and then she said, she's like, well, I've got a list. So thanks. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You're doing the bribing and she's doing like the, the delegating. Yeah, she said the the younger one. It's like just to do the smallest thing around the house is like pulling teeth. He's just like mm. he's so stubborn. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> he gets that from Uncle Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, how many piles of clothes do you have in your room today? One small one, actually. Only a couple of things because I just did laundry like the other day. Now, when you do your laundry. Is it in a pile after, or do you lay it out so it doesn't get? Uh, yeah, I live out of my laundry basket. <laughs> I have like my clean clothes are in the laundry basket, and my dirty clothes are in a pile on the floor next to the laundry basket. So all you need is a hamper. I'll get you a hamper. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have that many clothes. <laughs> you know, I don't go shopping. I don't uh, like. Shopping. You like your pile. Yeah, and uh, my my closet is literally filled with stuff so probably at you well cool james and and i know t ran a half marathon the recovery went fine for her yeah she was great she walked it so she was happy that was cool i woke up at six in the morning and drove all the way i drove her to the starting line and it was 33 degrees outside it was so cool it's so cool (laughs) I loved it. And then later that day, it was like almost 80. Yeah. So, yeah. Today, today's back to the weather that, uh, that Dennis doesn't enjoy. I think it, I think it's going to be 78 today. What about so, you? It's pretty it's good. Beautiful hour right now. I had a, uh, I had a good couple days. Not a heck of a lot. No, I, I'm trying to be more okay with not having a project and like, to do every single day because i've always got stuff to do but i'm like well i need to have something uh like in my mind for like the future like just little short videos like i'm like every friday i should do fortune cookie friday where i crack open a fortune cookie and i read a fortune just something stupid 
And I'm like, why, why does my head go to that? Then I need that. So I'm really working on staying in the day. And then if I don't do something that day, I'm being okay with it because I just can't stop. And I, I, I'm getting to the point where I don't think it's healthy, you know? Um, but so I've been dealing with just a little bit of that. Um, I am later today. I'm actually getting my taxes done. Um, and I have a little anxiety there just because I don't know it. Like last year I broke even and had to just pay the guy $200 to get my taxes done this year. It should be better, but, uh, I don't know. It's just a lot of stuff that's out of my control. And we talked about it, I think a couple episodes ago that that's where like stress and anxiety live is in tomorrow you know, and regret and resentment living yesterday. So, um, I think I'll be, I think I'll be good today. I think it'll be a solid, uh, solid one, you know, definitely not liquid. Well, that's yep. good. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> who, who wants to get started you, with this? I can, wait, I got a question. Yeah. Is, is your taxes like complex? Do you not know how to use TurboTax? Um, yeah, so my taxes, taxes are a little complex just because I don't want to, A, I don't want to screw anything up and B, because of my job, there's a lot of stuff that I can make sure is covered because it's not cut and dry. Oh, and a like lot of the, deductions and all yeah, that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of my deductions. So okay. in years past when I probably could have only got like $200 because of the deductions, it's been in the thousands. So it's it's actually worked out. So last year I actually should have paid in. If I did it on TurboTax, I would have had to pay in a thousand bucks because I screwed up and I wasn't counting my daughter last year because of the divorce, but I still had her as a dependent, um, down through my job because I for whatever reason it didn't actually click over and I didn't double check so that was on me but um, yeah hopefully this year's better you know and I shouldn't have to pay in but hopefully I can get some money so I can just as this month bills are going to be a little tighter and such is life you know so yeah I have a bird that does my taxes T-Bird does it? Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) What does T-Bird not do? Yes. James. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, So I think the best possible way to go into this is go to our mascot, which is Dennis, talking about uh, dry drunk. There's a couple questions. If it's okay with you getting us started, Dennis. So have you ever been a dry drunk? What was your experience? For you or some of your symptoms and what are some solutions of being a dry drunk so at the end of my drinking like you know i reached that point where i knew that i needed to stop drinking and smoking pot just because my mental health and my physical health were really pretty bad so i knew i had to quit so I did it, but I, was, I had that mentality of like, you know what, 
the alcohol and the drugs are like my my problem that's it so if i get rid of that then everything else would just fall into place and i'll be okay so i was able to quit you know i spent a little bit of doing the like oh i'll just drink one drink or you know i i won't smoke pot i'll only drink or i'll only smoke pot and played those all those games for a little bit but then when i was finally able to quit like all of the mental stuff of the anxiety and the depression and all that got worse. And, you know, it got like James kind of touched on earlier is like, it got so bad where I like didn't get off the couch for a long time. My agoraphobia really kicked in. I didn't leave the house. I wasn't eating. I just like survived off of bananas and everything. You know, I did that for like a year and a half and I got, you know, I was, I was at the point where like I felt like something snapped in my head and I was going to be like this for the rest of my life. I just lost it or, you know what I'm saying? I just like, this is it. And like gave up kind of or whatever. But then when I came into the rooms, I, uh, and I went to the first meeting, which, you know, in episode two, you can hear that story, but I wind up in the first meeting and then I'm like, sitting there on the verge of a panic attack listening to all these people talk and they were talking about things that I was going through that I thought was that like I'm gonna die because of this stuff and they were laughing about it so then I was like well maybe they know something that I don't know because if they can like they all look like relatively normal people they seem to be functioning and laughing and able to laugh at stuff that I could not laugh at. And so they must know something. So that's when I stuck around. And then, you know, like, so how it felt was like I was in hell. I was in hell that whole time. And it wasn't until I came into the program where I found other people that were going through or had gone through the same stuff that I've gone through and came out the other side. So I stuck around and then they showed me how they did it. You know, they, they said, get a sponsor, come to meetings, do the steps, all that kind of stuff. So I was so desperate and like wanted, I didn't have any solution at all. I didn't know what I, how to get out of it or anything. So I just did what they said. And then that, you know, over the years has helped me and I've gotten better and better and better. I've had some setbacks with my anxiety and stuff because of reasons, but like, it's still like not that hopeless, whatever. So like, all I can say as far as like anyone who has never, like if you're a newcomer and never come into the rooms or whatever, like, you know, early sobriety sucks, right? It's going to suck no matter what. You're going to want to drink and not want to drink at the same exact time. And you're going to have this, these cravings and these urges and all of this stuff that just comes with it. So you can either do it dry and do it by yourself and go through hell by yourself, or you can go into a rooms and you know, have people help you so you don't have to do it alone. So they can show you all the pit holes and how to deal with all of these things and come out a lot quicker and a lot healthier.
you know, and it, I had to do both of them. And then I figured out, you know, obviously the rooms are the easier, softer way. Does that answer your questions? Thanks, Dennis. You're welcome. I think it does. I think so. I think being a, a dry drunk for a definition is a little different from everybody in that sometimes I feel like if, if you don't mind, I'll go next, James, and then you can wrap it up. I do. With your um, take. Is that all right? Oh, sure. Um, so I have felt like a dry drunk sometimes, even when I've been going to meetings, but haven't been, I guess, listening as much or paying attention um, or going to the meeting before and after the meeting. I've caught myself kind of passing it. What's that? Yeah. So like, even though the definition to a lot of people is to not going to uh, a meeting or maybe being easily irritated and agitated. um, You know, I talked about it many, I'm sure many episodes before that I, the longest stretch I went between the ages of when I turned 21 to when I quit right before I was 30 was three weeks. And that's because it might not even have been three weeks. It might've been like 17 days now that I'm thinking about it, but it was, um, I was good for the first couple days. And then it was like two weeks were just awful. Like the worst of being really frustrated with not like me knowing that I couldn't drink uh, and I couldn't, I, I guess, just stop it too. I would always want more and more and more. And it was uh, where I realized that I was screwed. And then I had to convince the people who, since I made it this big thing, like I'm not drinking anymore, um, that, then to go back and start drinking again was tough to admit. Like I had to be like, yeah, I'm just having a couple here and there, but it's nothing too crazy. Um, when I knew I then never again could, unless it was a big celebration, I couldn't drink, um, a ton. I couldn't binge drink with people again, unless it was a big event like Super the Super Bowl or like a uh, maybe Christmas. You know, like there were maybe five St. Patrick's Day and New yeah, Year's and right, and your right, dog's right. birthday. <laughs> but do- dog's birthday, that's that's where it like kind of came back around. Where I would then always try to have these big parties at my house. So we were going to have a thing for uh, Kentucky Derby. And it's like, it was going to be like a really classy event. And I turned it into a kegger because I'm like, I know that to be able to drink the way I want to, I'm going to need different things there. You know, I'm not going to be okay with just having this. So when I tried quitting and being a dry drunk, I knew since years previous, like two and a half years, three years before I quit drinking and started on this way of life, I knew that wasn't going to work for me. So I did a 90 and 90 and I felt great and I kept doing it. And it really wasn't until I 
started going to the same meetings and not switching them up that about a year in, I did hit a, uh, like a dry drunk spell, even though I was going to a meeting a day because I would find myself going to just the meetings where my other friends were there and I wouldn't, I would already know their story, so I wouldn't have to listen. Right. So I wouldn't have to pay attention as much and I would be on my phone. And I know just for this drunk, if I don't actually try to make eye contact or if I'm sitting behind somebody and they're talking, if I'm not staring right at them and making sure that whatever they're saying, I'm trying to identify with, I will be closer to, uh, to that drink. You know, I, I will be closer to it and it's not a good spot. And I have been there. It's been a little bit because I make sure now that I, I focus on it. But I'm also around people that call me out. I think it was, what was it, Christmas Day. Dennis was at the meeting with me. And Danny, who I love, he's, he's always like, you know, he'll call you out. And he's like, I just got to say it. Don't be on your phone in the meeting. And how many times has he said that to all of us, you know, yeah. like at, at a meeting. But I hold... I hold resentment for like a quick minute whenever it happens. Cause I'm like, I was paying attention. And then that night when my head hit the pillow, I thought, and I'm like, was I though? Like how many people can I actually remember what they said during that meeting? You know, probably not enough. So I, I try to work on putting my phone down in the early part of the meeting. I might take a funny, you know, photo of James or Dennis and then send it to them. But outside of that, I, uh, you know, I, tr I try to be the best alcoholic I can be and, and stay as wet as possible because if I'm wet, then I'm not a dry drunk. Right. That's what she said. That's what, okay. All right. I apologize. <laughs> James, can, can you, can you save this? Oh, yeah. Um, I have it on good authority that I am not a dry drunk. And Whose authority? I just made that up. So oh. I, um, I have a couple of different things floating around in my mind. First of all, you know, have I been a dry drunk? Um, I think at times I am not spiritually fit. Um, I'm sitting in meetings. I'm, I'm judgmental and I'm being, you know, I hold people's, uh, the way they're behaving in contempt. And um, when I'm like that, I'm being a dry drunk because I'm not connected to God. I'm not being a loving, kind individual. So I think that is a, a good way for me to see if I'm, you know, in the spirit or not. You know, how am I treating other people? Am I, am I being loving and kind to all? Or am I judging them and just waiting for my chance to get out of this meeting and walk away without being seen. You know, that's a, a good way for me to see, um, you know, I've been sober almost five years and I can, you know, honestly say that I have hit a meeting almost every single day um, of those five days. Um, and you guys know, I'm, I'm, you always see me at meetings. If me, be it zoom during a pandemic, or at my morning morning meeting, my morning morning meeting. Say it one more time. It's extra morning. Morning morning morning. morning. Good morning. I don't meeting. know. So um, you know, 
And so that's my experience. Um, but honestly, you know, since I got sober in 2017 and I had my spiritual experience, there's always been God present every single day. Uh, it's just a matter of how much I'm connected and how spiritually fit I am in that day. Um, that's That's been my experience. And, um, you know, that's that explains my symptoms. You know, um, you know, people have told me that, you know, they can't believe how well long I am spiritually and connected uh, with God and, and the universe. Uh, they said, like, I feel that way now and I'm 20 years sober and you have it at five years. They say that's amazing. So other people telling me um, helps, you know, I don't, I don't claim to be anything special. I just, I just know what works for me. Um, and, you know, I also know that, you know, when AA was founded for the first five years, you know, they didn't have a big book. Um, all they had was um, uh, First Corinthians, Sermon on the Mount, and the book of James. Um, if you haven't read any of those, I highly recommend them because you will see so much of the big book in those three readings, and it's amazing. And the early founders, you know, before you even join the group, they would make you get on your knees and start praying. So they would have you connected to God right away. And uh, they weren't shy on who their God was. And uh, I think it's it's fitting that they let people choose their God of your understanding. But I think also over uh, this, the, the, the time, I don't know, how long has it been? 70 years? Um, AA has definitely, definitely been washed down, um, watered down, all sorts of different 12 steps. And I know they all have a good heart, but when you tell people to don't drink and go to meetings and that's it, um, you're creating a dry drug. I truly believe that, uh, there's no God in that. Um, but you know, if they keep coming to meetings, I think they'll see that God is important and he is everything. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to interject here. I think mm -hmm. the like, don't drink, go to meetings is what you tell newcomers so that yeah. when they come to meetings that they can learn all the other stuff they need to do, like get a sponsor, do the steps, get phone, you know, build yeah. a fellowship. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm, but that was my point too, because the, the old timers before they even had the book, they would have people on their knees praying before they even could join the meeting, you know? So they were very, very clear that God is what was going to get them sober. And now God is, takes a back seat. So, you know, that's why a lot of people don't get sober because God takes a back seat. And I feel very passionate about this. Well, I think, I think it's more of like, God doesn't take a back seat. It's like some people have a hard time gaining a relationship with God. So, you know, so we, we still read in the big book and God is like front and center in the big book, you know, and the steps and everything else. So I think a lot of people, it's not necessarily the program has like put God on the side burner. I think certain people when they come in, everyone has a different relationship already. And so, some of us have prejudice that we have to get over to get to God, you know? And, um, I, and when I go to meetings, you can, you can tell the people who are dry drugs, you know, they might have 30 years and, and, and they, they're just grumbly and they're, they're not kind. And they would, um, they would bring up stuff like, yeah, we don't talk about God so much, you know? And that's like, they got 30 years. 
And they you would think go people up, that yeah. eye roll and like ugh, and do one of these things, do they, are they realizing they're doing that? Like in a meeting, like I think they've been that way for so long, and you know that's just how they are. Um, I think they're they're kind. I think they're more dry drunk than they think. Um, and they, I think they have God, um, and you know, this is all speculation, mm. but, um, well, they, I was just asking, they're, your they're not spiritually cause... fit in some moments, you know, just like I was talking about some moments I roll my eyes and I'm, I'm not being a loving, kind individual. I think that's true. Um, sobriety is you're yeah. trying to do God's will and God's will is to have us be loving and kind to all. That's what I believe. Yeah. Well, I think you bring up a good point there, too, though, is like, you know, no matter how many years we have, we're all still human, right? So we're all still going to have like bad days or bad hours and, you know, be grumpy or be annoyed or whatever we go through and not always be like on the mountaintop in Zen mode, you know, but hopefully with the practices and the steps and like, you know, our fellowship will help us keep us in line. So there's like grumpy, bad moments are very short and very small and we don't act out on them like we used to, you know, Um, you know, I think of my, our sponsor, Mike, I, he's always so calm and collective. I don't really hear him talking bad about anyone or, you know, really rolling his eyes and, I know he meditates and he connects with God a lot more than I do. And, you know, he's got this and, and that's someone who's my sponsor. No, um, our sponsor. Oh, Brian. Okay. Yeah. Mm. You know, I just, you know, he's, he's definitely not a dry drunk and he's in a meeting every morning and he's, you know, he talks about what's going on with him and, you know, he's he's definitely a good example of someone who's awake and 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 not dry. Um, yeah. yeah, he's very disciplined. He's probably the the most disciplined person I know. Like, yeah, besides, as far as sticking besides to his James regiment. and I, right? Besides James and I, <laughs> no. Besides James not, and I, no. Right? I'm not gonna. I'm not <laughs> if gonna you say it one more either. time, it might be true. <laughs> Everything from James and I, (laughs) except for James and you, you are correct. (laughs) Thanks, Dennis. That's probably nice of you to say. Yeah, you know, I'm always here for you, ego. And then I'll I'll finally end with you know, if if I notice someone's a dry drunk, um, may they be, you know, they've got a year in the program or 30 years, you know. What do I do with that person? I, I extend grace and I be kind and loving. Um, try not to be judgmental and just let them know they're doing a good job. I'm, I'm happy to see you. You know, that's my part in that situation. Um, and if they, you know, lead a, like a, if a dry drunk is leading a newcomer astray, um, you know, get a hold of that newcomer and be like, hey, he, He's got some ideas, but here's some other ideas. <laughs> He's got some ideas. I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's, that's nice. Cool, guys. Uh-oh, you got an appointment in five minutes, Mike. Oh, I know. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to get my taxes done. Yay. <laughs> it's the best. Wait, you're meeting Scared. T-Bird? Yep. That's right. Hold on. Yep. Don't, don't you hear? 
Let me in. Wait, she's supposed to feed me breakfast. <laughs> Not today. Yeah, there's a sign on a, on the refrigerator. It says cereal for breakfast. Enjoy. Yeah. Are you cereal? Yeah, that's right. Well, that's we'll right. be back next Thursday. This was dry drunk. This is fun. We'll be sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you with episode 126. We're the defective characters entirely right to have all these character defects removed. Remember, it's better to be a wet drunk than a dry drunk. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to make that up? Oh, God, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs>